We're alive, aren't we? We are. It's been a minute. We haven't podcasted in a while, but it's been a while. People were asking about it. They said they wanted more Drink Shrink podcasts. Well, it'd take a little time to kind of figure out the hell we're doing, what the hell we're talking about. It's <laughs> the main thing. Um, could ramble all day, every day, but that's not exciting, I guess. I guess it is. But. Yeah. We, we do that all the time. <laughs> yeah. No, for sure. So, uh, yeah, been off for a minute, mm-hmm. but uh, lots been going on. A lot of stuff has been happening. Give, a, give the folks a little update. Well, um, everybody's, if you've listened to any of the past episodes, everybody's aware of uh, Hiley Howard and the Yoga Box. And so Green Strength and the Yoga Box have, uh, have joined forces together. And we, um, we built a yoga studio inside the gym. And we brought the Yoga Box over there for the yoga classes. And we also kind of rearranged our uh, group program to kind of be a little bit more complete in having both the, the, the yoga classes and the primal flow classes. And so where that's always been kind of my goal, not to just like have a yoga class, but it's always been my goal to have the other side. I always like to talk about balance and the yin and the yang towards things. So it's really nice to be able to where when people are a little bit more strength training focused, um, especially when people are just trying to live longer, healthier lives and perform and feel better than they've got to have some sort of, uh, you know, slower end of, of the yoga, the movement side of things mm-hmm. to complement their strength training and vice versa. I hope over time that we can get a lot of people who are just yoga only focused to understand that it's, it's good to be able to step on the other side and, and learn how to, to do some resistance training. And so, by just combining those, we have a, a group program that is pretty complete. And we have strength conditioning. We have a very unorthodox um, way of, of just in the primal flow class of just, there's so many different uh, things you could call that. We could call that animal locomotive movement kind of patterns, um, just locomotive play. But you can also just call that ground and floor work. It's a lot of crawling, a lot of moving. It's a lot of the things that are in yoga, but are done in more of a flowing sequence mm-hmm. um, out in space. You know, they're not, you're not confined to a mat. So that is a super valuable class in the sense that it is challenging. It's tough. Um, it takes time to learn um, sequences and things. Yeah. But it's really good for your brain. And it's really good to understand that like, oh, well, I'm spending time with my brain having to work and, and learn these, these things, but I'm getting up and down off the ground. I'm moving around in different planes of motion. And so, um, and it's fun. It can be when you just kind of let your, when you don't judge yourself at first and you just kind of have fun with it, it's a, it's a really fun time. And then everybody knows what yoga is. Yeah. Um, I think yoga is very valuable when you have really good instructors, especially instructors that you can, uh, that you can become familiar with and they get to know your body and really teach you how to get the most out of the practice. Um, and that's what, that's what highly provides. Yeah. So I've always wanted to have a very strong, capable female because I, you know, I, I've always been preaching movement and stuff, but it's just much easier to like catch people's attention, especially catch the opposite sex's attention. Uh, when you have a strong female who can can move 
And not only can she move and captivate people, but she can put weight in her hands and, you know, uh, she can live up to any expectation on the other side of the room too. So it's, you know, lots of, uh, hopefully, you know, we just got this started. So there's going to be a lot of time of just trying to get things together and trying to get the, the ball rolling and stuff. But, um, really 2023 is going to be the year of like where we really hope to, to build the community up a lot bigger and provide a much more complete program for people as you know, cause everybody, a lot of people are out, you know, just doing like a boot camp style program or they're a part of one place and that's a, a wonderful thing. And so now when you're a part of green strength, we're just going to be able to give you a more complete uh, education on, on movement strength and just the meditation art of things. Yeah. So it's been huge for me. I mean, I'm so excited about it. And Tara, I mean, we are just like thrilled to be able to weave in the yoga and the movement. It fills so many gaps because, you know, I feel like there's a lot of people that they can be really strong from a just raw strength standpoint. It's like they're going to go, they're going to lift weights and they're like, man, that guy's really strong. But then can they get on the ground and can they move? Can they stand on one leg? Can they, go through those like those primal patterns that to me it's like it's I don't know it's weird I was thinking about it yesterday where like it's very rotational in a way where like yeah. you're you're turning and you're moving up and down and around in different different directions and a way that you're just using your body in a way that that is is very different um but probably in a way that we should be able to and then yeah. same thing with yoga I mean it's just adding in these dimensions that you're not going to get by just doing strength training right. whenever they go so well hand in hand and it like creates so much more balance. I feel more balanced uh, yeah. just physically. Like it just evens things out a lot more for me. So I'm and all under one roof is just. And that's kind of crazy. like one thing with, with those, like where I really feel in that is, is obviously each one of those has like goes deep and has its own, uh, own art in its way. But like what I really want our community members to understand is like, and this is what we're going to be working on building in, in the near future here is really building out a foundational green strength curriculum in the sense of like, do I think that everybody needs to be doing yoga and needs to become like great at yoga? No. Do I think everybody needs to have the fundamental basics of a yoga practice to be able to do on their own, to be able to have as their own? Yes. And the same goes in strength training. Yeah, you don't need to do all these crazy exercises and be like a hardcore strength resistance training person. But as human beings, we need to be able to have a small baseline yoga practice, a small baseline strength conditioning practice. And let's meet in the middle. We need to be able to move around up and down off the ground in some of these patterns. If we can carry those out for the rest of our life, then we've cracked the longevity code. Yeah. You know? And then what are you interested in? Are you interested in yoga? Then, then dive deeper, then really get into a full-on yoga practice. But at the, very, you know, at the very least, we need to be able to, you know, the human body is the human body. It's, got, it's, it's capable of so many things, but it doesn't have a ton of different movements. You know? So if we can kind of look at what those human movements are and where they show up in primal flow, where they show up in yoga and where they show up in strength training and make sure that as a baseline we're teaching people that then like in my, in my eyes that's that's a huge 
it is a lifestyle hack. I mean, it, yeah. that's the true hack of things right there. Is yeah. I have a an actual practice in all three modalities that I can go to. Right. So to me, that fits that idea of we've talked about like functional fitness in the past, yeah. and I know that it gets like this weird because. I think there were a lot of people that jumped on that train that were doing like weird exercises that, yeah. that they were calling it that. But if you think of like, I want to take my training in the gym to go do things in life, whether that's like, we like to play volleyball or last night we were playing pickleball with friends. And like, I want to have this general ability to do things. And so, you know, strength training alone doesn't necessarily give me putting my body in different sorts of, you know, more mobile patterns and more right. just different places that you're not going to get if you're just going in and like just doing barbell work or whatever. Right. It like gives all of that to where I feel like I can go do those things. And so weaving them all together, I think is, yeah. is really pretty, and then, pretty important. You know, the funny thing is, is it usually kind of, it's, it's almost like a, an assessment. So if we got somebody that's like really big time into like strength conditioning, and put them into our basic community program, mm -hmm. then they're going to feel maybe like, all right, this is like, I'm a, I'm a pro. Like, I'm advanced in this strength conditioning stuff. So then, then they might kind of poo-poo that side of things for a second. But then it's like you take them over to the primal flow, and they suck at it. And so they <laughs> don't want to do it, you know. But then there's, there's that hardship. There's that thing that we all have to know as humans. Like, we like, especially in today's time, talking about, doing the uncomfortable things to bring us comfort, you know, yeah. like, um, and to bring us growth. So therein lies the things like if somebody's really, really good at strength training, they're going to make all the arguments on, well, you know, uh, I load all loaded mobility through strength training and full range of motion and stuff. It does this. And it's like, well, you know, you're not very good at moving around across the ground and, and learning how to, uh, articulate your joints and things at, at certain angles and speeds and all this stuff. So it's really a good assessment of what a person needs if they are truly looking at human functional fitness. You know, the ability, like you said, to go do hobbies or the ability to just, can you put up some damn Christmas lights? Can you do these sort of things around the house? And are you doing these pain free? Can you bring in the groceries in one trip? That's right. <laughs> The one trip carries up of all those things. Yeah. Until you drop your eggs and take them all because you're trying to be a hero. The, the, mil the milk carton breaks on the ground and now you're cleaning up a whole yeah. gallon of milk. Yeah. So, you know, I don't know. Um, it is hard also for me to like, I think you'll understand this knowing me, like it's hard for me to, to dwindle it down to three things. Like I hate as much as I stand behind the yoga I don't want to just call it yoga because I don't want to scare people off. That's right. why it's like, yeah, it is, it is yoga and it can go as deep as you want. Highly is uh, found like a, you know, really, really good yoga instructor. Oh. And so it's like, she can take you as far as you want to go in yoga. But what it, what it truly is, is it's whatever you need out of it. Mm -hmm. We do need some aspects of yoga, no matter what. So, and this is what I've been telling some of the people now. It's like, now that we have this, my goal is not to make you do all these classes, but my goal is to let you understand that like, okay, maybe once every seven to maybe even 14 days, let's even say every two weeks, it'd be good for me to hit a yoga class. Yeah. Every lifter in person knows that. 100%. So now it's like, let's do it under one team 
one roof where we can help you and we know what you're doing on other stuff too. So yeah. it fits so perfectly for me. Um, and it lets you like on those days maybe where it's like, man, I don't feel like I want to go in and like lift real heavy. Um, and again, this isn't to, it makes it sound like, Oh, well, yoga is easy. Believe me. Like it's, it's challenging, right? I mean, it's obviously challenging, but in a different way and you definitely just feel a little different coming out of it. So it just lets you like modify that training throughout the week based on, we've talked about that, just sort of that, like how you feel on any given day is maybe how you should think about training, right? You yeah. don't have to come in and do one specific program every day. You can kind of modulate a little bit and figure it out. You can check off some high quality boxes there then. Yeah, hundred percent. Like you can look and say, I just don't feel this today, but I know that I can go do this instead. And you're checking off a good box. So yeah, it's, it's going to be fun. It's a, it, for me, it's fun to just get to, to be around more people. I love watching people move. I love watching people like learn and do things. That's when, um, in a, I mean, not in a weird way in a, in a way that's where I, that's where I grow. I think I'm like watching and, and putting all these books I've ever read or all the things in training that I like. And then I kind of just start to see it in human beings and see how we're all so different. Yeah. It's, uh, it's fun. It's good to have different people around there, different yeah. aspects of people. Yeah. I know we're not a jujitsu podcast, but we always talk about it. Yeah. I mean, we are. We are. <laughs> we, kinda... are we are jujitsu <laughs> yeah. people. So, uh, man, ADCC coming up. Dude, it's this, this is... where, I mean, we, like we can see it. And I've been waiting for this. I've been so excited about it. And mm-hmm. we're right, right there around the corner. So we are in, let me, let me think here because we, we skipped a year, right? Yeah, COVID. that's right. So it's so, been 2020 was the last one. So 20 was no it? 19, 2019, so it was 19, was 17, 15, 13 and 11. Yes. Okay. So then this will be my sixth or the seventh. Maybe 2009 was the first one. I don't know. I don't know when the first one I'm trying to think of when my oh, first, first one, okay. my first real time because you know, in, um, in, in connecting and meeting and starting to work with Professor Raphael in 2011. So this will be my sixth ADCC to watch. And what, his seventh I think to that's be right. in? I his think that's sixth right. or seventh to be in? Which is just ridiculous right. in a sense. But this is the sixth one that I've actually started to watch, or will be, and now we're going. Like So I've never been in person, um, and it couldn't get better that it's in vegas i mean we're not awesome. going to like sweden or anything like that but this is going to be great it's gonna be great but over the course of these five other four or five other times that we've watched it's just like it's so interesting how this sport has become so much more mainstream oh yeah and if people don't think that it's become mainstream it is like very quickly becoming mainstream now you've got mario lopez and tom hardy that are going to do a super fight is that real I don't think it's real. It's not real. I don't think it's well, real. They better do it now because they put it out there. They better now. Like, there's, you know? it's an opportunity. They should do it at ADCC. Like, it'd be cool. They could raise fun. some money and stuff. Oh, yeah. Do it for charity or something. That'd but be when awesome. You, when you go to think that all these actors and actresses and, and people like. What Mark Zuckerberg was on Rogan the other day, and I guess mentioned that he's. <laughs> He's doing jiu-jitsu too. Uh, who would not love to just go beat up Mark Zuckerberg? I'd like to choke his avatar out. You know? <laughs> He's this, the best. <laughs> Mark, it won't hurt you. It's just your avatar. Um, yeah. No. It's yeah, But everybody is... I've never seen a sport that which I've been a part of, in which I felt like nobody was a part of, to all of a sudden 
eight, nine, a decade later in 2022, it feels like everybody around in our area is involved in Pe- it. People have heard of it. They know somebody that does yeah. it. Well, people it's... are wanting to, to start. And um, the cool thing about that, I guess, of observing is you start to realize that people are just wanting to start something different. Yeah. That's been the main thing. And real. Yeah. I mean, it's... And it's and... mainly people that are usually kind of crossing that 30 years old and above. Mm-hmm. And they're like looking to compete, not that to compete like in jujitsu, but they're looking for that, like something to start again. Mm-hmm. That's kind of competitive and it brings back some of those fiery aspects they had yeah. as an athlete doing something younger. And they're getting tired of just lifting weights and going to the gym. And then a lot of people are also realizing that like, man, I've started to notice Okay, I follow a a strength coach that just started training jujitsu, and he made a post, his first post about training jujitsu, and he was talking about here's some observations that I got from uh, you know training like today or this last week or whatever it was, and the one of them was I'm I've got to get in much better cardio shape. Like I'm not near <laughs> as in shape as I thought I was, and that is like the one that I think that really gets people because even your hardcore CrossFit athletes who like to think that like, all right, we are, we're the epitome of cross training. We are ready to endure anything. Have you watched the CrossFit games? And it's like, you are and in a solo another, endeavor till there's another man sure. physically fighting you on the mat. And then it, it's a different level of cardio, man. Yeah. It doesn't, it's not the same. Not. And then when you can equate that to like, Oh, well, this is also like cardio that supports self-defense and my ability to protect myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's pretty valuable stuff. Absolutely. There. So, and I think just like maybe across the board, cause I, I was actually reading an article in the newspaper today about, uh, the Oso sports, which mm-hmm. is just like the social sports league. And they're talking about how they've, I don't remember when they started, um, but a handful of years ago and like their volleyball that we do. They were saying how when they started, they had like five teams on the first league, and now they're running 48 teams every night. So there's just like a demand out there for people that want to go like physically express themselves and compete yeah. in different ways. Uh, but yeah, we've seen in jujitsu for sure. I mean, it's just, it's everywhere now. It feels like. Yeah. It's either, you know, either the, the 30 through 50 kind of crowd is either wanting to get into it or you're putting your children in it. So it's either this kind of like our generation is jumping into it as a hobby or everybody's children are starting to get into not just your prototypical karate, your taekwondo taekwondo and and nothing wrong with that. They're all teach wonderful discipline and activity and community and social aspects. But um, there's something about the wrestling and the jujitsu that you just... It's a different thing. It's a different thing. And it breeds, uh, I would love, I can't wait to see what happens like with the generation of, of young kids. We've had it with wrestling. We've seen what that does. Mm -hmm. Um, and now we're going to get to see it with jujitsu and especially with how many girls, like there's just as many young girls training as there is young boys. And so that's pretty cool to see too. Absolutely. I think this ADCC is really going to be interesting for that encapsulation of all of the best grapplers, right? So it's like the top 16 in every weight division, mm-hmm. essentially. And you've got a really good mix of like the OGs, the veterans like Rafael and Sean G and some of those guys. 
And then you've got some of those like 18-year-old to 20-year-old phenoms that are coming up. Man. And to see that contrast, it's going to be really fun to watch how those different kind of styles and mentalities and eras kind of match up against each other. Yeah. Because this will be, to me, like probably one of those last ones. Because, I mean, it'll probably be, you know, Sean Gene Raphael, some of those guys that were there in the it's original ones. a lot of them out. Probably be their last one, right? And so there's a, there's a lot of guys that are in that category. And then... You know, you're going to have all these new guys coming. So this will be kind of that weird, like, transitional I mean, year. This is going like, to be Shanji's, like, seventh or eighth ADCC. Yeah. He's probably been to all of them. It's been, yeah. It's, incre- it's, it's crazy. And to think how much he's probably got, if he's not the most, he's probably in top three of the most ADCC mat time, like, matches and stuff. I think that's right. Um, man, I saw something on that. Actually. I thought I saw something on that too. I didn't want to say the most, but I mean, he, it may have it's been like he's be got like, like more him matches. And, Hodger and Marcelo, like those type of guys have got to be like more matches than anybody else. Yeah, you can't even imagine. And when you're talking about, well, you, there's there's some because like Marcelo and, and Hodger aren't competing anymore, where he is kept that up. Still going. Yeah, yeah, it's nuts, man. I, it's. I don't know. People, I guess, they listen and they don't quite. We always get excited about this. Like, it's just amazing yeah. to know. I mean, when we all love football and, and basketball, and when, when our favorite athletes can make it eight, nine, ten years in the NFL, we're like, oh my gosh. It's crazy. A decade of this person. And to realize that some of these guys are on 20, 20 plus, 20 plus years yeah. of competing in the same sport. But just at the highest level now. Yeah. Like they've been doing it for years and years and years before that. So it's crazy, man. And the how fast it's grown is really cool. Yeah. It's going to be cool awesome. to be a part of. It's cool to be uh, the OGs ourselves, especially in the area. <laughs> you call all me old. People, all the people better remember that we are the OGs of jiu-jitsu around in Oklahoma. <laughs> That's right. And we uh, attached ourselves with. With the OG of Oklahoma and brought it. It is funny though. I mean, how many people around in our area are just like are in this sport and they don't realize that like, oh yeah, we've been around it for a decade now. Yeah, (laughs) so cool. It's pretty cool. It's a lot of fun. Switch gears here. What's something that uh, maybe you've been trying to get people to to grasp lately? What's sort of your message that you've been hitting people with lately that you're really into? Two big things. Two big things with the with the classes. There are what I what I've always want people to understand is, you know, for example, I've had I've had this case in in both areas. So let me kind of paint this out. You have somebody that maybe trained a lot harder, and they were a pretty hardcore strength training person, and they might jump in the the strength training group classes and kind of give it a go but there's still that fear of like is this enough i think i'm a little bit past this and it's like it's enough if you and i can get on the same page and i can teach you what you think you know you know being an advanced lifter you should like let me work on these things and teach you um the secrets of lifting, you know, like how to really get the most out of leverage, position, tension, all this. So even if you do go back to your, your bigger stuff, um, you're going to get more out of it. Or you're going to realize real quick, like, oh, wow, like there's a lot that I was able to improve on the basic stuff we're doing in here and still get a lot of gains and get a lot of progression forward. So 
on the flip side of that is I've had a lot of people who are really interested in, um, I'm not laughing at it, but it is kind of today's term. It is what we're running with and say healing. Everybody's healing today, you know, and <laughs> we all are like, we're all healing from something, but it's become the thing in the last couple of years that I think it's kind of gone with the mental health, like how we're, we're, we're talking about these things now yeah. and it's good for men to talk about their, their depressions and stuff where else we used to always run from that. So now we're coming out, we're really trying to, to heal and feel better. And so that person in the class is always looking to like, am I doing too much? Am I doing too much? So you got one person who thinks they're not doing enough and the other person who thinks like, am I overdoing things here? So let me go with the second person real fast first, because as you know, we've always talked about the, the three pillars, the foundation of green strength, which is, you know, daily mindful movement, eat real food and be here now. So be attentive. Um, to your breath, which is basically just being um, intentional to whatever the hell you're doing in the current moment. Mm. So when I look at the person who's coming to the classes and they're worried about maybe doing too much, it's like, you're not, you're not listening to my true philosophy with green strength. What I want you to do, number one, the thing we're always going to agree on is consistency. So what I need you to do is realize that you're in a community that is that is here to try to help you become the best version of yourself health-wise and physical-wise. And so if you feel you need to step back and heal, all I want you to do is be consistent showing up. You've been around me long enough. I'm going to regress, 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 regress you to the point of where if I can just get you in here three times a week and I can have you do some mobility drills, a light bike ride, a light, you know, this, like, we're winning like that is ultimately what you need. The, the, uh, the uncomfortableness of, of being consistent to something, even if it's very light general activity movement, is, is that's what separates us. Absolutely. You know, that's what we want to teach people. Mm-hmm. Or on the flip side, if you're consistent and you think you need more, then listen to me and I'm going to teach you how to get more out of what we're doing and it's going to blow you away if I'm, oh my God, I'm like, wow, this is, this is enough. This, this really works me much more than I think because you're learning how to get more out of exercise per se. So the biggest thing that I've really been like thinking about and I've been trying to get to people is like, look, the battle is consistency. You know, if we are hardcore exercisers, what usually keeps us not consistent is being dumbasses about things and kind of setting ourselves back a little bit here and there with little injuries or setbacks or burnout and not able to stay consistent to the, the plan. And then on the flip side, it's the people that do really want the change. And there is that hardship of like, man, you know, like, but I'm trying to do this to feel better. And it's like, well, I don't, I don't think if you don't want to do these squats and stuff today, there's a million other things I can have you do that are going to make you feel better that are still going to bring vitality, longevity, durability to your body. And then you're accomplishing the one thing that is most important and it's consistency. And so I think there's just that weird level of expectation of when they, you get into a group, you see like, this is what the group is doing today. And you got one hand that people are like, it's not enough for me. And it's like, let, let, let's, let's let it be enough for you. Let's, let's, Let's get the most out of it and teach you how to respect it and be intentional with it. And I guarantee you it's going to be enough. Mm. 
you know, because I'm not making it up. <laughs> Writing programs off of science <laughs> and Prolipian's table that show like effective volume and dosage and it's all this stuff that's, you know, been out there forever. But on the flip side of that, the other person, they just have to be okay with showing up. And even if everybody else is going to bench press, squat, and deadlift that day, that they might do mobility drills and drag some light chains. And it's like, at the end of the day, we, we all won. And, mm -hmm. you know, even though you step back and regress down, you actually got two steps, you know, forward there because you're challenging yourself. You're showing up, you're being consistent. So it's not always, it's really not about the program. It's about who you are and like where you need to be. And the program's there. If I can get the person on the bottom end that wants to heal, if I can just get them to sprinkle enough of that in here and there, we're winning. The top end, just be intentional. Dive into this stuff. You know, if you're really that advanced, then we've got plenty of other days to add more stuff in and, and work on things. But you can get a lot out um, from either side you're at with just really not worrying about everybody in the middle and worrying about like what you need. And so I, I, that's something that's really been uh, on my mind and I've been watching with people and I've been, you know, cause I have, we've had a, we've had a couple of people like, like everybody that, that quit. And you know, when you start to look at it, it's like, why are you quitting? Mm -hmm. And when you realize it's just like, Oh, maybe, you know, I was getting a little banged up and it's like, well, then we didn't talk enough because that is absolutely the last thing that I ever want. Right. And so it's like, if that is happening, then we just didn't communicate well enough. Yeah. And I want you to know that during that class time, as you've seen, like I'll find whatever it is that makes you feel good. And we got to carry that out. We got to keep that consistent because that's, that's part of that. That's exercising, you know, that's, that's being, that's, being the human that says, I'm going to exercise three times a week. Well, keep it up. You know, get it going. And it goes along back to the yoga like we were talking about earlier. The same thing happens in the yoga class for sometimes those people. Um, the person who's maybe in needing to heal, needing to kind of uh, honor not doing too much on the system. They get into the yoga and it's yoga, but they try to do the whole class and it wipes them out. Of course, you're going to feel that way. But if I can get you to understand in our program, in our place, you're okay with just having your yoga practice mm -hmm. and being in there. So it's very important to just learn the basis of all these, these three different modalities that we teach and understand that like, I'm only responsible just having to barely check this, this small box. And if I'm doing that consistently, I'm doing way better than everybody, the majority of people out there. And if somebody's, a friend of yours is exercising in another program, hardcore, like, cool. Maybe they seem like they're outdoing you, but maybe in a year and a half, they get hardcore burnout and their knees pretty banged up from everything they've done and they don't know where to go. Yeah. And that's, that's something I never want anybody in our program to have. I want you to always feel like, you know, you have a place to go. It could either be the opposite side, which is yoga or the opposite side, which is strength. And guess what? We'll teach you how to do that. It's all good. Safe and effective. It's all good. You know? Yeah. Yeah. That's been, I mean, the consistency thing for me, because it was like, if I just judged my improvement in the first two years that I was training with you, it wouldn't have been that noteworthy really, I think, because I feel like there was this, 
for me, it was like, well, I had a lot to learn. I had to like learn to move. I had to, you know, undo a lot of the lack of movement, the lack of strength, everything that I had not done before that for years. And it was like, after that, then that consistency really started. I I felt like I was like, okay, now I've really got a basis. I've I've understood the skill of what I'm trying to do here and can now start pushing myself a little bit more in different areas and and just sort of understand the give and take of of day-to-day training. And so it's really that consistency. It's like, if you're just showing up and thinking, well, after six months, man, I don't know. I don't really feel like I've had that much of a, an improvement or whatever. It's like, well, how much can you really have in six months? Right? Like it takes four years to get a college degree. It takes four years to graduate high school. It takes, you know I mean? It takes time to, to accumulate the, the knowledge and everything to really get it done. And so, when we talk about consistency, it's a much longer term than just a month, six months, a year. Yeah. I mean, this is really that long term, that long term thing. Well, it's uh, it's something I said to you earlier today. Like, we can essentially somebody can exercise three times a week and do it horribly wrong every day or every one of those three times, and still lose weight, get a little bit more muscle, like definitively put these lists these things out that are positives that are results yeah but it's like okay like at what cost one if if they didn't do it correctly let's say then they're going to hit a a plateau eventually and that's going to kick them a little bit farther back they're never going to understand how to break through that plateau because there's just so much confusion so that's the hard part about exercise is that Everybody gets something from everywhere they go and everything they do. So if everybody listening to this podcast just literally stopped doing whatever they do and they started eating a tiny bit better, like follow whatever generic trendy diet that's out there and pop in P90X, I bet you you lose some weight. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and I bet you if you're a little bit overweight or if you're not in is in shape or something, you're probably going to get a little bit more definition and you're just doing stuff. But then some of those people are going to be great at it. And some of them are, are going to be like, okay, well my knee's been kind of bothering me since I've been doing that. And it's like, well, that's unfortunate. Well, you know, you're not exercising correctly. Like for you, you're not doing something wrong. But it's just, you know, we got to, we just have to understand that, that they're, it's exercise, man. It's burning calories and stuff. Like it can happen. That's where I've really seen this is like in the strength conditioning world where it gets into, and I'm guilty of this back in the day, especially in the strength side of things when it's like, okay, look, like we take this high school kid in and it's like, all right, off summer program or something, let's say. And you do a bench press. Let's see what your one rep max is on your bench press. Okay, you got 200 pounds. Okay, cool. Well, then I can't wait in eight weeks when I show everybody that this kid that benched 200, but has been training with me for eight weeks, now benches 250. You know, and it's like, well, for eight weeks, we practice the movement and I try to teach him better form and all the above. Like what sort of adaptation is going to happen? Like it's obviously going to be a heavier bench press. That doesn't take into account, like, are we putting 
unwanted mileage on his elbows or shoulders. Like, could we maybe be making something where it's worse way down the line? Mm-hmm. But in the moment, I can be like, look, train with me for eight weeks and I'll get your bench bus up. It's yeah. like, what did that do? It, like, it doesn't. So that's when, when we really go and look at all these, like, programs and what everybody's doing it's like this is great everybody's got their foot in the door you're doing stuff you're doing the hard things you're you're doing the effort but there's going to become some time in which if you're a true professional you're going to have to or if you're truly wanting to live a real active healthy lifestyle and there's a little bit of responsibility that ends up having to come there where it's like okay i've gotten away with playing around for a long time but i want to do this forever like i I should probably kind of understand some of the things I'm doing a little bit. And then I should also kind of understand that like anything that anybody starts, they're going to get a little bit better at (laughs) box jumps. Like, okay, we jump on a box for eight weeks. It's going to be higher at the end. But like, what did it do for you? Yeah. So I don't know. That's kind of the, the big thing. It's that long-term mindset. Yeah. It's hard, man. The marathon, the marathon mindset with this stuff, that gives instant gratification every single time you do something is very hard to look at. And I've, I've definitely fallen victim to that myself. I've gotten to the, the feeling of, I could never imagine that I would have taken myself to the place where I literally could equate workouts only by the feeling they left me with and not by what I know and what I'd preach and what I would teach. And that's just a psychological and That's pretty predominantly where we're all at. Yeah. <laughs> we all have to just kind of check that from time to time. Absolutely. Absolutely. Hey, I didn't tell you in the last time, I was talking volleyball a lot. We won our championship last time. I know. <laughs> just bragging now. <laughs> People heard me talk about it. For like five years, we've been playing volleyball. We finally, the number of times almost every season, making it to the finals or the semifinals, and we finally got it done last How many season. blocks do you average a game? Um, it depends, right? Some of the teams like don't hit very much, but if they've got a team that hits, like, are you an asshole? Do you give it to them? Do you put that tall length? Oh yeah, no, I'll get up like, there. I mean, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna let him. I'm yeah. not gonna let him. I'm gonna get up there. Face. If I get up there and I, I throw a block on, like, there's a pretty good chance I'm gonna, I'm gonna <laughs> get my hand on it and, yeah. and, and get at least one. Uh, and, and I'm slowly but surely actually learning to hit myself where I can like get up there and like put the ball down. Mm-hmm. I've, I've unlocked a few things this year. So I feel like this has been a year of, of actually learning a little bit and, and getting a little bit of better volley, volleyball, which is fun. At the same time, sometimes I get blocked too. So I get yeah. greedy <laughs> and I get blocked too. But yeah, man, it's, uh, it's been a lot of fun. It was good to finally get that win out. It was like we've been trying for years now and we finally actually sealed the deal and got it done. So yeah. Well, that's, it doesn't uh, matter. It's literally social league volleyball, but you know, I got the t-shirt that says champs on it. Right. <laughs> wear it every day. There's competitiveness in every little aspect. We're in. You want to, you want to get the win for sure. <laughs> and it, but that's also something that you've been doing for five years. So I'm sure yeah. go to the marathon aspect of that. You've been playing and you probably routinely just gotten a tiny bit better, yeah. a little bit better understanding every year. Yeah. And you all of a sudden you're like, getting a little bit better shape and every year and it's like man all these things are kind of coming together yeah to where now i'm playing my best volleyball i'm absolutely. feeling my best and absolutely that's yeah, yeah it's, it's a really lot cool. different just like the athleticism like i've always been like oh i can't jump but i think like i might actually be able to jump just a little bit now mm-hmm. just a little bit just enough to where like yeah it's good enough and you know all those sort of things that consistency things come together and you can actually go out and 
Man, it just makes it so much more fun too. It just makes yeah. it so much more fun when you can athletically go do those things. Yeah, for sure. Now, but I, I pulled up a, a post here because I saw the other day and I, I love this because I've been saying this for so long. And uh, this actual post is by Dr. Jade Teta. I like that guy. He's always got a, got a lot of good He's stuff. He's always got some good stuff in there. But this is just like the... Uh, it's a perfect conversation. It's a perfect look at things. And basically, he's doing a bunch of posts on like metabolism. Hmm. And um, this is a metabolism rule number 10. There are several ways you can approach fat loss. Okay, so we're going to go over six different ways that he's got listed here. But let's think this about is this. This is key, approach. right? There's, this, this is key. You're going to have, this is the plan. To lose fat. Okay. You can eat whatever you want. It's the first thing. You can eat whatever you want. It could be shitty food. It can be McDonald's. Do whatever you want to do. Just eat less of it and achieve a calorie deficit that way. So you can eat what you want as long as you're eating less of it and you're achieving a caloric deficit. Okay. Second way, eat a larger amount of foods or eat a larger amount of very satiating filling low calorie foods and achieve a caloric deficit that way. It's like uh, lean meats and vegetables. So now we're, yeah, now we're going to eat more what we, we talk about like real foods, which are going to have more satiating uh, aspect to them. And, um, and then it's easier to be in a caloric deficit because we don't have a lot of hidden crazy calories. So number three, eat many small frequent meals spread over the course of the day and achieve a calorie deficit that way. This was the like eat six so meals this is a day the old, kind of yeah. thing. So, and this would also kind of fall on the lines of if somebody's like, well, you can only digest 20 or 30 grams of protein, so spread it apart and have these meals. So, yeah. Now, number four, eat fewer, larger meals and achieve calorie deficit that way. So That's now right. we're talking intermittent fasting. So now we're, we're shortening the window. We've got our 16-8 or whatever it is there. Number five, cut out a major macronutrient like fat or carbohydrate and achieve a calorie deficit that way. Keto, low so fat, now, exactly. Whatever. Now we're going to go to any of the animal-based type of stuff or the carnivore, keto, where they're literally cutting out either maybe not an entire macronutrient, but they're cutting out. Pretty close. Like, yeah. Pretty substantial. Yeah. Major food groups. Being so taken. we're even like an animal-based diet isn't cutting out carbs, but it... Is sure as hell not letting you eat very many carbs besides like fruit and berries. Yeah. So it's going to be hard to get a lot of a lot of calories in. But the last part was like what caloric deficit. Uh huh. Yeah. Okay. So now number six, spend a large portion of your day or week avoiding food, back to fasting, and achieve a calorie deficit that way. So now we're looking at the people that might. Um, there are a lot of people that do like the uh, you know. Five to a thousand calories a day for several days, and then they have higher calorie days. Or there's the ones that do 24, 48, 36 hour fasts here and there. And uh, so, what is that? What does it all come down to? Let me keep reading this. So, you spot a theme here. If a diet works, it's because it achieves a calorie deficit, whether you're aware of it or not. The reverse is also true. If a diet isn't working, it's because it's not aiding 
you in creating that deficit over the long term. All the approaches mentioned here can, in susceptible individuals, result in calorie excess leading to no results or weight gain. You can fast for half the day and still consume too many calories in your feeding window. You can cut out all carbs and still can consume too many calories from fats. You get the idea. So what's behind the ability to sustain a calorie deficit? It's the hormonal effects of food. How your meals control hunger, energy, and cravings. To lose fat and keep it off requires two things, a caloric deficit and an ongoing suppression of hunger and cravings. And I think that's a really well thing said there is an ongoing, what did I say? Forget it already. <laughs> um, but I'm going to say it exactly right. I can make up my own, but an ongoing suppression of hunger and cravings. So an individual found a tactic that works best for them to create sustainability in a caloric deficit. For some, that is, I love breads, I love rice, I love stuff too much, I've got to go keto. If I, if I just can't have that stuff, they found out something they can sustain. It's like I can, I can eat eggs and meat and vegetables all day and I'm good. Oh, so you enjoy that? Yeah, well, I can do that. Okay, so you can sustain that. And that also helps you create a caloric deficit because you're not eating all the scones and the carbs and stuff. So now you're losing fat. Yeah. Whereas some people, they need, you know, those six, seven, eight meals a day in constant, but they're, they're of the mindset where they can get by with just small snacks and stuff. And that helps them sustain their hunger and they can follow that and they can create a caloric deficit and lose fat. Then you got the ones fasting that are like, it's so hard for me. I like to eat pretty big meals. So it's like, all right, well, just fast for the majority of the day and then eat bigger meals and be satisfied. And that works for many people. You know, so the thing is, is all the diets work. Mm -hmm. You've got to find out what you like for your lifestyle. And you've got to find out how in that of creating some sort of caloric deficit. And I really wish I, I was tried, I've tried everything. I've literally tried every diet that I can think of that is popular out there besides going full vegan for a period of time. It's the only thing I don't have of time in, but I've tried all these things and they've, they all work. It's just like, what do you like? What fits your lifestyle? What is going to help you get to a caloric deficit now? And consistency and consistency. What can you, what can you you've got to sustain that over the long haul. It can't yeah. be caloric deficit from Monday through Friday and then way over the top on Saturday and Sunday, you know, if it's not working, mm -hmm. if you're not losing weight, then somewhere cyclically, if we do the math over time, you're, you're sabotaging yourself on those other days. Um, now the interesting thing with a lot of this stuff is like where we've started going in the last couple of years as science has started popping out a lot more. And I, I would say that's kind of a cool thing uh, with social medias. You've got guys like uh, Andrew Huberman yeah. like, posting great stuff. Yeah. So they put out something on fasting and it doing some sort of longevity practice. Okay. 
then you get these people starting to say, well, the reason I'm doing this and stuff is, you know, we always talk about the, the autophagy, the autophagy. Mm-hmm. And it's like, again, you're picking apart these things and you're, they sound good, but the thing that nobody wants to talk about is that if we ate in a caloric deficit like humans should, then we accomplish pretty much 99% of all those traits that all these trends try to talk about. So you want to talk about like cellular autophagy. It's like, look what happens when somebody eats in a caloric deficit over time. Cellular autophagy is pretty much just the same as it is in the hardcore faster over here. So it's kind of funny when you look at things like that, it's like, okay, so this that whole six different ways was just teaching somebody how to kind of be responsible. Oh, wait, if we're responsible with this, all those little things that each camp likes to talk about doing better than the other kind of happens naturally. It even includes, like, if you just want to eat whatever the hell you want to eat, that's fine. Yeah. yeah. But if your goal is to lose weight, now maybe that may not be the best for it's athletic be performance or whatever. 100%. Now so there's, then you start going down the rabbit holes of, well, this may work better for you if you're how a do I professional feel? athlete versus whatever. How am I sleeping? How are my blood uh, blood sugar you know um, levels? How how's my inflammation? And that's what the, there's just a, why there's no perfect answer is because there's so many variables. But if we're talking fat loss, but if we're talking we're about lose weight and lose fat, caloric deficit. Stop throwing you know darts all over the place and just realize that like no matter what I do, I have to eat less than I burn. And I have to, and I'm going to kind of throw a wrench into this because, and let's, let's go back to what I've said before. I have to have one caveat that with whatever I do, I got to be responsible to eat a little bit less than I burn, but I can't be an asshole about it and try to eat way less and starve myself because that's destructive. If I want to gain a little bit of mass and a little bit of weight, I have to eat a little bit more than I need for maintenance and I'll be able to build a little tissue. If I'm an asshole about it, then I'm just going to put on a shitload of fat and it's going to mess up. So it's, it, it really is a simple formula. Yeah. Let's find out how much you need, which are calculations all over the internet. You can figure that out. A little trial and error. Yeah. You do your BMR, type in your, you multiply it by your activity level. This is all on Google. You can find it. And then all of a sudden you have a, a example of how many calories, a, yeah. an estimation. And you kind of do that and you realize, okay, I found my weight stays here. Clerk deficit, not clerk wasteland. Right. <laughs> just, so then just create that surplus or create that deficit. It doesn't have to be huge. It's actually better when it is smaller. Go figure. That's the harder part. They, of course, it would be simple and easy if we could just say, oh, starve yourself and you get ripped. But it doesn't work that way. Well, but I, I feel like I've kind of, it's not about losing or gaining weight a little bit, but I find myself, my struggle is falling into too much of a caloric deficit mm-hmm. because I'll get into a habit where I don't eat anything for breakfast and then I'll eat lunch. And especially if I'm like trying to eat healthier and I'll go to jujitsu or whatever. And it's like, I'm realizing that I have eaten way too few calories and I start to physically feel that, right? Like I'm, I'm not, my body's not performing the same. I'm not feeling yeah. very good. Yeah. Where like, you know, can get by with a slight caloric deficit or a slight caloric surplus, but mm-hmm. 
Um, and I've recently been having to like check myself of like, listen, you're not eating enough. You gotta, yeah. and immediately when I, when I be conscious of it after a couple of weeks, like put back on a couple pounds that like, I probably didn't need to lose or whatever that, yeah. that was like, I'm feeling better. I'm feeling physically better. Um, those kinds of well, things when it's not an extreme. That's a good way to put it because there's so many different things that can happen here and I don't want to confuse anybody, but a very destructive thing that a lot of people do where they diet from Monday to Friday, very strict. And then they say, well, like on the weekends, I just want to allow myself to be able to do stuff. And they diet hardcore Monday through Friday. They go off on the weekends and they're like, it's still not working. It's like, well, you're just not aware that those weekends are actually adding up. Mm -hmm. And over, over the end, like you're actually above. So a lot of times, what you could essentially be doing is having these days where you're so uh, so far in a deficit that then you end up having days where you do have a lot more calories, you do stuff on the weekends or something. So you might end up kind of like maintaining and finding this baseline. It might just kind of happen naturally. Mm-hmm. Now, you're training jiu-jitsu. You're playing volleyball. Like... You don't want to have one of those low calorie days where you're feeling a little lethargic and tired or something when you've got nighttime jujitsu or volleyball or something. So therein lies a kind of a different case. If it was a normal person, they can get by with maybe, oh, you know, I just haven't really wanted to eat for the past couple of days. So I've only had one meal for, you know, yeah. for the last 48 hours. Well, you're not going to die. Fasting has shown us that it can <laughs> actually have, you know, good stuff. Sure. But you do have time the rest of this this week, let's say, to eat a lot more food and you can actually eat it, quote unquote, some cheat meals or higher calorie foods and get away with it because you had so much of a deficit to make up from. But if we're talking about performing, if we're just living, it's not a problem. If we're performing, then it's kind of like, man, you, you don't want those cycles to be going crazy all over the place because what are you? You're consistently active. So yeah. you can't have inconsistent calories. Yeah. And I think that's a big part of where people are going to start to realize that we're fasting. I'm not saying it's bad. I mean, I'm the biggest <laughs> faster. <laughs> Ironically, 99% of the people I talked fasting about, I'm the biggest faster there is. Yeah. But I'm saying like I have started to see the science coming back out. Now it's like showing the negatives. So it's kind of leading me to be like, oh, I've been on this roller coaster before. We're about to start seeing the negative talk and the decline of what became so popular in, in fasting. And it's starting to happen. And so people are going to start to realize that, that like, oh, okay, like maybe this undulation of calories for me of wanting to thrive and feel good on a daily basis wasn't the answer. Maybe to me, it's figuring out how to maintain a good maintenance strategy. Yeah throughout all days and still get the same benefits that the fasting science was providing when you look at actual science across nutrition. So yeah, it's, it's just all over the place. And there, there are a million ways to skin a cat. There are a million diets. They all work. You can, um, obviously I believe in the diets that promote real food, or I believe in the arrangements of eating that promote real food. Because now I, I believe we're we're starting to kill two birds with one stone. It's like, so we, at first we were talking weight loss, but if we're talking about inflammatory response or just like uh, blood sugar levels, ability to sleep and like all these sufficient micronutrients and, stuff, and all uh, those kinds of things. hundred percent. Now it's like, 
Well, we're going to be a hell of a lot better if we're starting to have this conversation from somebody who's eating real food to somebody who's not. Yeah. Because if I have somebody who's losing weight and doing everything right, I'm like, if it fits your macros type thing, they're still eating what they want and stuff. And it's like, look, it's coming off. But I still get this psoriasis. I still get a little inflammation in you know my elbows and my hands. And it's like, okay, well, now we're going to have to change those calories to things that are going to start to solve those problems. But it's still the calories that are dictating your weight loss yeah. and your weight gain. It's perfect. So, yeah, man. And again, it shows the complication of like, that's just one aspect of the, there's all these different ways to lose weight if you want to do that. Yeah. But then you mix in all the other variables, which is why don't be dogmatic about things, right? Yeah. I mean, it's like, there's never one right answer for, right. for everybody. Um, yeah. And take, and take, uh, except for in this case, weight loss, caloric deficit. Yeah. And I think it is really good for everybody to be able to kind of see all these different things on social media and kind of gain interest in something and, and try something. But you know, I was a part of a dietary camp one time. I found it like super cool. I even had it in my profile name at one time. I was a part of, of Kiefer's Dangerously Hardcore, the, the carb backloading, his inner circle. And that was when carb backloading, you know, the books that came out and all that stuff. And it was, it was just like, I, I can't align myself completely to that. There's a million ways to do it. That was an effective way that I liked at the time. It had very, you know, good principles and things, but it's like, man, you got to look at these things. You got to enjoy them. You got to understand what they are. They might be able to help your son, your daughter, your friend, a cousin, whoever, but they might not be right for you all the time. You got to understand that like, you can't just stay in those camps, look at it all, see the bigger picture of calories in calories out. Now we're talking about feelings and how we actually feel and like skin condition and all recovery ability. Then let's look at the micronutrient level. And, you know, all those things are going to start to show up over time. Yeah. So. It's good stuff, man. Yeah, I thought that was a great post. If you guys follow the, uh, Dr. Jade um, Teta, you can go to his uh, Instagram. He puts out really cool I, I'm stuff. A, I'm a big fan. He's always yeah. got really good. And you, it's the right kind of stuff um, because, obviously, you've got your beef with the liver king. Yeah. Uh, which is funny, your beef with him. Uh, my beef is with... Uh, Paul Saladino. I want them both now, dude. <laughs> I, <laughs> but this is a guy that is like common sense. Like this is the kind of person you should be following. Yeah. He's got good good common sense. Have you noticed uh, that there are a lot of people that have beef with Liver King now? Oh, yeah. There's starting got to a see lot through of people the, like, that are like, okay, it was funny, but now it's like. Wanting to fight right. him. And then I saw that Sa- Saladino's girl. Because that's what you do. Once you get a big enough following, like now the Liver King then it was the liver queen. You create her page. Yeah. And then you create liver rat, striker, liver striker over here. And now they've got their own pages and they've, you know, in half a day, they've got way more followers and pull than I do on social media. <laughs> and that's just how it is. This is what it is. You know, it's just funny. But, uh, God, who was the, uh, who was the other person that was on there? Man, there was a story I had. I was going to tell you. Um, oh, well, Saladino's girlfriend, she's on there too yeah. now. She's like plant-based or, yeah, or animal-based bay or something. Animal-based bay, yeah. And um, I saw her showing you how to, to eat, you know, barbecue. She was in Texas and she got the sliced brisket and she cut off the, the top part around there, trimmed it all off because it had pepper and pepper is bad. Pepper is bullshit. 
So I'm just like, oh my God, Saladino, you are like, do we just, do we just have him head the world? Because he's essentially found out like what is bullshit and everything. And when it, when it's gone to pepper, I'm just like, okay, dude, so I'm going to put some fucking pepper on my steak. Yeah. Like, it's just what it is. It's not killing me. I've eat meat, but not that meat, eat fruit, but not that fruit. Like, yeah. Eat this salt, but not that salt, this pepper, not that pepper. And then meanwhile, you know, but honey's you, okay. And if you want to see how far this stuff really falls to, we've already talked about how him and the liver King are in business together. So then you've got to look at like, why would you go into business with somebody? If like, you know, Saladino says, don't eat this, but then the liver King eats this. Yeah. So then it's like, it's obviously it's, it's fine. They're cornering a couple different markets in the same way. So be yeah. careful. Be careful about that. Yeah, be careful. Well, Coach, any final thoughts before we get out of here? No, man. Um, we're just a week away. We, we, we talked about ADCC, but we're a week away from uh, a lot of our friends and uh, teammates that are going to test themselves at the uh, IBJJF Masters World Championships. Um, and so just a lot of mm-hmm. send some love out to those guys. Hopefully they hear this before they they leave and know that we'll be watching and we'll be thinking about them yeah. and hopefully we'll be there next year. We couldn't make it this year because we're doing nah. other things, but yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Shout out to them. I feel like we're going to have some world champs come home. I feel pretty yeah. good about a few of, few of them there for sure. And I'm just pumped All up because them. some of those guys are going to literally a master's tournament, which is like the older man's tournament. But dude, we're talking about people who have been a part of green strength and have like paid attention to their diet and paid attention to the way that they're moving and really like, turn this into a lifestyle. So they're like, they're not just, they haven't just been training to go compete in this thing. They've been training to do this this year, next year, the year after, which is, which is uh, the cool part, man. Get inspired to do something. Absolutely. Yep. There you go. Give them a follow on Instagram. Yeah. At Green Strength IV. Yes. Send them up, send them some messages and we're going to get back here. We're going to be back here on the Green Strength podcast. Again and again and again. So now we're also going to be maybe on YouTube, these kind of things. We're yes. actually going to handle that a little bit more uh, for real this time. And so get back into the swing of things. And yeah, we'll be back until next time. We'll see you then. The Green Strength Podcast. Peace. Peace.